Jazz Heads Radio. Brought to you in conjunction with Wakefield Jazz, a lovely little jazz club in Yorkshire.
am talking to Jamil Sharif this morning, um, who is a, a remarkable figure in in Leeds in the north of England. He's program leader um, for the jazz course at Leeds Conservatoire. Um, he's a band leader, got several projects. Um, he's obviously a member of lots of bands. He's a composer. Uh, he's an avid car particular with myself. We get out on the mm-hmm. lake as much as possible. Uh, he's a bit of a snooker legend as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We possibly can be. Um, <laughs> and I, I, thought, I thought we'd sort of start, sort of backward, work backwards a little bit all forward mm. start back in time and um, the guard there's a great quote from the guardian on the leeds conservatoire uh, website which says uh, jamil is someone who has made a real difference to the vitality of the jazz scene in the north of england which i think is a really amazing thing for anybody to say about anybody but it, it's mm. totally true because your work that you've done on the jazz course for well, you'll have to tell us how long you've been there in a minute but is, is mm. quite remarkable and it's it's a phenomenal thing so tell us tell us a little bit about that uh, Jamil, about the the philosophy behind that, how you got involved, um, mm. and how it's how it's all going. So I I studied at Leeds, um, and Richard Isles, who's now in this project Five Gold Rings, was one of one of the teachers that was around, along with people like Al Wood and Trevor Vincent and Graham Hearn and Tony Faulkner, Nikki Isles and. Loads of amazing, Pete Churchill was there at the time, loads of amazing educators. And that was kind of in the old building that was uh, kind of in the centre of Leeds where when it's now the museum. And um, yeah, it, it was at the time, it was one of the only places to go and do jazz as a, as a, de- as a degree, you know. And I didn't think I was going to be able to do music as, you know, continue it as a degree. My sister was always the sort of she was more into the classical side of things and she had a good practice kind of routine and and way of, of got she was very dedicated and I was always the one that was kind of just just about scraping through my exams enjoying music playing with friends a lot but it didn't feel like there was there was going to be a way into until my piano teacher who was a great guy called Richard Eastham said um there's a thing there's there's a, a jazz course and you like improvising maybe maybe that's something you could consider so I looked into it and I did a summer school and actually on the summer school which was in Sale near Manchester um Caroline Bowden was teaching there and I remember her being there and Joe Palin who was my first piano teacher at Leeds and so I went on the summer school and then from there um, I also got introduced to a guy called Paul Walker, who'd studied at Berkeley, and he ended up living on my street, little street in in Bolton. And that was a bit of a miracle, you know. And he kind of gave me a Sonny Clark album and said, "Go and go and transcribe, go and work this solo out. L- learn to sing it." He said, "Go and learn to sing any solo from this album. They're all brilliant." Um, and I I went off and did that and and. Yeah, he was a he was a great character, um, still is, and 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 that and he helped me prepare for my audition. I learned Donna Lee, and and then yeah, a year later, I was studying at Leeds, and and once I graduated, um, you know, I kind of got on with playing some music, and then came back. Um, Jamie Taylor was who's a, 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 an amazing guitarist and educator and a, and a guy called Pete Sklaroff again another great guitarist they were running the course at the time and this is probably about I don't know like 2005 something like that um, and they needed somebody desperately needed somebody it was that classic you know beginning of term 
oh, we're a composition teacher short. And I'd been working on some stuff over the last 10 years prior to that, from, from when I graduated, I'd got an, an octet together and written some music for that. And I've been kind of trying to work on my composition for, throughout that period and my playing. Um, so they got me in to do some composition work and that's how it all started. And, um, you know, I, and I, I've always liked it. I kind of liked, I was surprised actually that, you know, cause I, I wasn't, you know, um, like school and being a part of an, an educational kind of institute, it didn't, it wasn't the nat the most natural fit for me. And then, so to now be working in education. It's an unusual, feels slightly unusual. When did you take over as the, the leader? Yeah, I sort of built up my teaching and they have these positions. Once you, you know, once you've been teaching for a while, doing a bit of lecturing, um, they have these positions called um, like looking after the modules. So I, I started looking after a few modules. Um, and then I think around maybe like, I don't know, 2015, I want to say, maybe a, a little bit earlier than that, 2013, um, I started building up my contract and some full-time JT stepped down and wanted to concentrate on his playing um, and same with Pete. And and so some full-time positions came about. I don't think they were um, with the sort of managerial responsibility at the time, you know, looking after staff. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of... Um, I was lucky enough to get one of those jobs and, and Dave Walsh, who is my counterpart, you know, we started on exactly the same day, you know, in sort of back in the, so whenever it was 2005, we started on exactly the same day. And I was like, I remember bumping into him in the facilities area where you get out all the equipment and we were both getting our cards or our keys so that we could unlock the rooms. And I was like, Oh, what are you doing here? You know? Um, and, and now we're both the, the sort of full-time members of staff, you know, the way that conservator, conservatoires work because it's it's structured around one-to-one -one tuition and instrumental tuition. 98% of the staff are part-time. They're coming in to deliver whatever their speciality is. And you just have a couple of full-timers that are, um, you know, doing all the donkey work and all the boring stuff in the background. And that's me and Dave. <laughs> <laughs> The engine, the engine driving the whole thing. I definitely wouldn't call it the engine. <laughs> or, yeah, whatever clapped out car that would be. But yeah. Well, it's a phenomenal thing. You've got, it's, it's a big course as well, isn't it? It's a big course. It's, um, I think it must be, I mean, it's a it's a funny thing because conservatoires, jazz courses, now, now every conservatoire in the UK, I think, is running a jazz course. Um, so that's amazing. And m most of these courses, you know, at Trinity, Guildhall, Royal Academy, Birmingham, Royal Welsh, etc., Scottish, you know, and they're all fantastic. Most of them started off as very, very small courses because they're predominant, predominantly, um, you know, homes for classical musicians, developing classical musicians. And so there wasn't capacity to take on lots and lots of jazz students as courses get bigger and more graduates come out of conservatoire jazz courses and go back into the community and back into their teaching jobs and what have you, then that's going to bring more amazing young jazz musicians through the system. And that's kind of what you're seeing. This kind, this sort of 
unusual well it feels unusual to me to see like a 14 year old being able to completely shred over giant steps or something like that you know it's what what on earth you know i was just about playing a c minor we were busking in town when i was 14 playing c minor seven vamp for an hour and a half i don't think i'd even heard of a blue scale when i was 14 (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was all like you know you put and that's the and that's the nice thing about um leads you know we do there's 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 a lot of students that are, are coming through into the course and there always has been that have kind of learned to improvise um you know off their own bat or through church or school or use big bands you know and they've not necessarily um had like a really intense full on jazz education at a younger age um although there are those kind of students about um, most of our lot um, are quite fresh to it. You know, they've got they've got loads of great ideas and they've got good technique and everything like that, but they're quite fresh to the music. So it's all very exciting. It's always been like that, Leeds. It's, and that's what makes it an amazing place to teach. There's a real sort of collaborative approach to the whole conservatoire, isn't there? Sort of lots of um, mixing yeah. pathways and you've got your like, contemporary music. Is it contemporary music ensemble or, uh, or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah new, there, there's the there's the new music ensemble that's that's falls under the, the classical side of things, but there's quite a lot of jazz students that get involved with with that. Um, there's um, we run a collaborative project with the production course, which we call Jazz Rewind, which is kind of getting um, jazz students and production students working together. Um, there's a night called Crosswire, which is a, um, a run by the pop course which is a kind of, you know again like a real eclectic load of music that comes out of that course and and is showcased on that night and they go and record those events as well lots of loads of jazz students are involved in that and some of some of that music you would definitely expect to hear on a jazz festival stage um you know so yeah the it, it's that thing isn't it i mean you've got your you've got your jazz with a capital J or whatever you want to call it that's still um you know at the heart of what the music is but then there's all this other music that is derived from musicians who have got a jazz understanding um and it's not necessarily as you know it's it's crossing over those commercial kind of areas and having and appealing to bigger audiences and festivals are really keen to, especially with younger bands, you know, bring those young, younger bands in and therefore bring in younger audiences. I think there's a, there's an understanding with young audiences and, and, and just audiences in general um, about how many, you know, about how many subgenres of jazz there are. And, and it's not just this kind of big umbrella term anymore. It doesn't feel like that to me anywhere. People go, Oh, I don't like jazz because I think it's that, I think we've we've sort of done a good job over the last few years of dispelling that sort of myth that jazz is just one thing. You know, it's always been about lots of different styles of music, but I don't know. Maybe that's that's one of the positives that's come out of the sort of streaming and Spotify thing. You know, let's talk about one of your tracks that you've chosen today. Your early influence track is um, one by Keith Jarrett um, from his album uh, My Song uh, with Yamaha. Yeah, and it's called Country. Why did you go for that one? It was the first CD I I had. We had a CD player next to the piano in the house and um, my mum and dad set it up because we like to play along 
to to stuff you know and that was a that was a, it was great it sort of changed my practice having this some speakers and a cd player next to the piano um and then my mate chris hall uh his dad john um john and nancy you know they they and they still come out and watch me from time to time and, and they're re really into their music and john was always into his jazz um and he, I think Chris nabbed it from him. Chris maybe nabbed the CD and, and lent it me without him knowing. But it was it was a Jarrett compilation CD. There was a there was a set of compilations. I think they were maybe they were all ECM compilations. Uh, I'm not sure, but they were called Works. Oh, that yeah. was the yeah the Works yeah. compilations, and this was the Jarrett the Jarrett one. And it had a few tracks from the European quartet that were on there. I think it had a few from Personal Mountains and a few from my song. Um, it had Journey Home, which is another beautiful one off that album, and then the and then the like the, the gospel-y kind of classic, like straight eights thing that that uh, you know country is. Um, and it's just such a, it was just, I, I was into playing in, in church, you know, that's where I did most of my music. And that's a very, it's got that kind of, um, yeah, very gospel-y feel to it. Um, so it just, I connected with it. And Jan Garbrek, you know, is, has got that very kind of emotive sound and it was all very reverby and I just loved everything about that track. I played it to death. It was, that was the one that I played to death.
underrated artist is somebody you've already mentioned um, as, as being involved in the Conservatoire when you started, Nikki Isles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, Nikki's like, I mean, she's she's really celebrated artist in in the UK and and now beyond the UK in Europe as well. And um, you know, she's got um, the the artist in residence. I think with is it with WDR big band. Um, um, composer in residence, and uh, and we've got her in um, coming up. Actually, Tori Freestone's been leading the Contemporary Jazz Orchestra at the Conservatoire, practicing her music for, for a concert that's coming up in December. And Nikki's going to come in and do the final final couple of rehearsals and lead the lead the band for that. You know, so she uh, and and she's you know she's doing amazing amazing things. And I've got a lot of her albums. I've got stuff that she's done with. Tina May and Tony Kofi. I've got like, duo albums just with Tina. I've got some a, a lovely album of hers. A couple of trio albums. Um, I think one might be called Everything I Love. I think that's the earlier trio album. And then the later one, um, which is, is called Hush. And, and a great quartet album with Jeff Simpkins and the stuff that she, you know, I listen to everything that she puts out and I'm just a massive fan. When we listen to our favourite musicians, what grabs you? I don't know. I mean, it's lots of things, isn't it? But for me, it's the sound that people make is the, is the thing that, I don't know, it just really affects me, you know. Everyone's got different time feel and different ideas about harmony and, and different styles and aesthetics or whatever. Um, and and I and I'll listen to anything, as long as it's the sound really connects to me, you know. Um, and I love all different all different kinds of sounds, but it's players that have got a you know all I guess all the greats have got a unique sound. Like you can you can hear a few notes and go, that's Bob Powell, that's Jarrett, that's Bill Evans, that's Chick Corea, that's Herbie, whatever. Yeah, he sort of says it's it's a your eighth note is what makes you individual like everybody yeah that's about, yeah that's but working. i mean that's like I, I, and that i agree with that that's that's the absolute of course yeah yeah but i mean just some but even not even thinking about the time just just the sound just the sound and i guess it's about somebody's physicality and and like how big they are and how they attack the instrument you know if you put your hands down on the piano and I put my hands down on the piano, we'll make a completely different sound. Even if we're not playing anything rhythmically, we just go, bosh, we'll make a totally different sound. And I listen, you know, I, I listen to everybody else and just go, I want to sound like that. I want to sound like, you know, I always kind of want to sound like, but there's something about Nikki's sound that just makes me, it like gets me there, you know, and I don't know how she does it. I don't know how she makes that sound. And it's, it's so warm and soupy and just kind of wraps you up. It's great.
chat about um five gold rings your new project which you're bringing to wakefield tomorrow you're sort of touring a little bit with it at the moment aren't you yeah yeah so it's um it's a it's something that i just kind of put together i wanted to get some gigs it's harder getting gigs these days isn't it and i think that feeling of just trying to you know from a very pragmatic point of view just make sure that I had something that I could push out to promoters and you know not necessarily do loads of traveling with but get a good bunch of gigs kind of within a couple of hours drive um, and I and I love writing I'm always writing I'm always working on new projects um, 
and yeah so this one was was about um yeah i'm working with some working with some people that i haven't played with as well like sam on double bass um you know he's sort of young sam quintana yeah he's relatively young double bass player who's amazing just coming through the scene getting lots of work and he's he's great he's really really brilliant to play with um and caroline and i we've done lots of things in the past um she put a project together last year which was which was fun um and with vocals as well with stella on voice and on the podcast at the time. And she was on the podcast, yeah. She came over to Wakefield and Caroline's great, but I'd never had her involved in anything that I'd written. Um, and you know, she swings great and I really like her sound and um and we get on really fab as well. Um and then Richard um Richard Isles is another one that I've all uh, you know, a musician that's sort of a generation above me um and was Again, like I said before, he's sort of teaching, and is when when I was at the music college, and he's somebody that I've always looked up to, um, and felt like, you know, every time I listen to him play, I I I learn a lot, you know, just from listening to his ideas and and the way he puts things together, puts ideas together, and he's just such a natural, and he's so deeply in rooted in the music, and he listens all the time. He's an obsessive listener. Um, and you just feel like you're getting a bit of a, you know, you're learning so much just from playing with him. Um, so I wanted to get Richard involved in something and get that, just get the chance to do more with him. Um, and Jim and I, we go back a long way. We, we were at college together back in the day and we lived together as well. So, um, it's a bit mad that we'd not done a, done a band together. Um, so yeah, good mates um and great musicians and and i put the put the uh, music together as a bit of a christmas project it was which is why it's called five gold rings so it's um it was just something to do over over the last christmas holiday you know because it gets a bit it can get a bit like ah you know christmas sort of like bunker down it's cold and it's quite intense um in lots of different ways i was like i'm gonna just give myself a couple of hours every day at the piano and i'm gonna set my stall out at the beginning of the holidays and nim my missus is amazing at sort of uh letting me do stuff like that you know get away with murder really so um <laughs> so i had like I had a, so I, yeah i wrote i did it I, I did 12 tunes in 12 days and um and if and and I wanted to write stuff that was um it kind of came off the page you know it wasn't too overly written um and yeah not kind of I don't know I, I like the pieces they've worked out I think sometimes if you've not you know I've been doing a lot of stuff with race dilemma um for the last couple of years and that's a very sort of crossover -y, it's a vocal project it's songs and you know it's a very different thing um, but I've been practicing my jazz and thinking about all of that, um, not doing any kind of jazz writing. So there was probably a lot of ideas milling around. And when I came to that period and it felt like the right time to do it, stuff just flowed. And I, I wrote very much in the mindset of I'm writing a set of music to do at a gig. People like variety. I want to write some stuff that's kind of Latin-y. You know, I want to write stuff in different time signatures, think about different keys, think about different tempos, all of that just make it so that it's um you know it's 12 pieces 
that will keep an audience entertained and you know enjoying the night sort of thing so there's there's all sorts in there i'm really pleased with it it's great we're having we're having a good time and everyone's smiling and you know seems to be enjoying the music and we you know we're not we're not taking it too seriously we're just trying to um trying to enjoy ourselves so it's good the last two tracks you've um chosen today are two of your own um as a composer um not necessarily recent ones are they you've got um your big band uh jamil sharif big band track future car um and a trio one called crazy happy yeah crazy happy is just it's a trio the trio al- trio album that i did with dave and pete yeah and and that. Is, that, is that a sort of particularly special track that one do you do you why did you go crazy with? happy it was um so the crazy happy is it it was um a tune there was two pieces that i wrote for my daughter um because we just had her uh as i'd made that album or as i was writing for it i can't remember the exact timeline but um yeah crazy happy and an, another track a ballad called miss may um, which is her middle name um and crazy happy uh is you know just obviously it's like how we were feeling at the time and still are um but uh yeah the idea is the as and we haven't played together for a few years now but when i introduce that tune to the people at the gig i say um the idea of the, the track is that um dave is the sort of um what's the word like kind of um he he's being the the child in in the performance and he's taking control of the of the tempo so the the track you'll hear it it kind of changes tempo in a very sort of random way throughout the head um and that's all led from the drums and we have loads of fun with that when we when we play it so yeah he's he's the kid in the band that's kind of taking charge which is you know anyone who's had children will know that that's how it works <laughs> very much so yeah. <laughs> yeah brilliant um thank you very much to be uh, for chatting today it's been really great yeah. um uh, good luck with the tour good luck with the compositions good luck with Rafe dilemma um keep up the amazing work at the conservatoire and um yeah we'll see you uh, see you soon wicked nice one ben good to see you mate